Good morning, Seacoast Church. How are you doing today? This weekend's a big weekend for us. This is week two of Connect Weekend. And this weekend, you have the opportunity to join a small group. And I love the story we just heard. And let me, let me say it to you this way. Your life is too busy for you to not be in a small group. You got too much going on to not have people in your corner challenging you in your walk with Christ. You need to be a part of real community. And for me and my family and for many others, it's found in a small group. I lead a small group and I'm in a guy's small group. Let me call out guys for a second. Get in a men's small group this year. You need it. Like it's a need. So join one. This past uh, week, about two weeks ago, my, my uh, daughter, Audrey, she's seven, and my son, Joel, is five. They wanted to get baptized, so we got to baptize them. I think I got a picture of them. And it was such an awesome day getting to baptize my kids. I've baptized so many people. I've baptized over a 1,000 people. That's kind of crazy. And, but baptizing my kids was like doing it for the first time. But they didn't want to get baptized on a Sunday. They wanted to get baptized before a small group because small group is their family. You need a family. Can I ask you a question? What battles are you trying to win this year? For me, baptizing my kids was a mile marker of like we're winning the battleground of faith in our family. But what battles are you trying to win this year? This is week three in our series, Battlegrounds, where we're trying to equip the body of Christ to win the war that we are all in the middle of. Week one, Pastor Adam Martin, he preached on our enemy, Satan. Say boo. We hate Satan. Week one, he, he challenged us and taught us how Satan's got a boring and predictable but an effective strategy to steal, kill, and destroy the potential in our lives. He said that Satan tries to deceive us and Satan tries to distract us. Deceive us. Satan is really good at putting a question mark where God put a period. Did God really say? That must be really selfish of him to tell you that you can't do question mark where God put a period. He also tries to distract us because he knows if he can delay our obedience, before you know it, we're living in disobedience. That's how the enemy tries to get us. Week two, Pastor Josh Surratt preached, I think my favorite sermon he's ever preached. It's like top, top three, top three. It was amazing. And he preached about the inner battle that we all have within us. The side of us that wants to raise our hands in worship, and the other hand, the other side that kind of wants some trap music in our life, you know? There's this war that we're all in the middle of. And so you need to go back and watch that. And you go on YouTube and get caught up if you missed any of the series. And while you're there, just hit subscribe on Seacoast. Yes, that's product placement. Just do it. Uh, today we're talking about the armor of God. What's the battle that you want to win this year? Maybe, just maybe, you're going to win the war that you're in this year by doing something a little different. I need some crowd participation. If you have a Stanley Cup, 
Would you just wave it in the air if you can lift that high? That's, that's a lot. That's a, I know it's 55 pounds. Wave it, Kelsey. Okay. Pastor Greg. Okay. Wave it. Wave it. At every location, Stanley mugs are being waved in the air like they just don't care because every woman in America has got a Stanley mug. For over 100 years in Stanley, the company's history, their target demographic were dudes who love camping. Three years ago, their average annual revenue was about $73 million. That's pretty good. They were doing good. Over 100 years, $73 million. That's great. A blogger got a Stanley mug, and she said, this is great. And the post went viral. And Stanley said, hmm, we can keep reaching these old dudes, or we can do something a little different. They didn't sell a new product. They didn't change their line of business but they decided to do something different, making pastel colors, making you buy them at Christmas, having to take out a second mortgage in your house to buy one for your kids. <laughs> and this year, they will close doing $750 million in business because they chose to do something different and embrace a new direction. What if this is the year where you embrace a new direction, doing something just a little bit different to see God move in your life? And maybe, just maybe, the tools are already at your disposal, and you just need to armor up. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your phone, scroll over there. If you have the Seacoast app, message notes right there. And uh, we're going to try something a little different. In honor of the reading of God's word, would you stand this morning? And you know you can stand in the middle of a sermon, too, if it's good, right? <laughs> the spirit of Pentecostalism just flying around the room. Hey, if you're new around these parts, we believe that the Bible is the holy, inspired, inerrant, perfect word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, we believe this has everything we need for life and godliness, and every single Sunday we preach from it. It is not the side note, it is the center stage of this sermon, and every sermon each and every Sunday. And so, yeah, you can clap for that 10 a.m. Oh man, I had to clap about the Bible at church on Sunday. Um, but when we give our care, careful reading to it, it changes our lives. And so I could read it, go home, and it still will change your life. So let's give careful attention to the reading of God's holy word, the armor of God. Armor up. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I know you think strength comes from your gains, bro, but it comes from the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Say schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. Say when. It's not if the day, day of evil comes, it's when, because it's coming, guaranteed, 100%.
problems are coming. Don't expect that sunny days will always be there. There is a battle coming at your doorstep. Some of y'all are like, I'm in the middle of it. When will it end? And God is on the way. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, say truth. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, say righteousness. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, say readiness. You know, readiness is a spiritual tool that God has given you. Mm. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Say all the time. Prayer is not just for meals and 911s. Prayer is for all the time. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Will you grab the hand of the person next to you? Father, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. And we declare that you are Lord of our life. There is no one like you, and we worship you alone. We thank you, Lord God, that your word promises that whenever two or more are gathered in your name, your presence is here. And so we ask you, Lord God, to speak to us today, and we promise, Lord God, our feet are ready to move. We're here to armor it up. We pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said... Before you take a seat, Mount Pleasant, could we go crazy on the count of three for everyone who's tuning in online at a campus who are locked up in a prison physically, but God is setting them free? One, two, three. You may be seated. Thank you so much for helping me out. Pray without ceasing. This is our last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I just want to encourage you, if you haven't come in the room physically for 21 days of prayer, please show up, 7 a.m. at all our locations. Mount Pleasant, there is a 7 a.m., and the church is open this week. We'd love to have you here because there's something in the room that God is doing. You can watch it online. That's cool, but try and show up. It's amazing. This is our last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Some key things about this passage that's helpful for me to understand is this. One, the battle we fight isn't what we see. It's the scheme that lies underneath. You know, you could be fighting the wrong things and then wonder why you're losing. My wife will remind me, hey, just so you know, you're making a decision to take the kids out at 1130 a.m. They're not just angry, they're hungry. And so when I'm trying to get them to sit still or sit straight, I'm like, ooh, if I feed them, then all of a sudden, my little savages become happy. It's not that I changed my parenting technique, it's I just fed them. 
And the level by which you fight something determines your level of freedom. And Paul says, we battle not against flesh and blood with what we see, but there's principalities, rulers of the dark, dark air. There's a scheme that's lying underneath where the real battle is being waged. That's why we walk by faith and not by because if we walk by sight, we'll always miss the real battle at play. And so your coworker is not your enemy for the promotion. Because promotion comes from God. So instead of seeing them as a competitor, why don't you cheer them on, support them, be generous, be kind, and watch God work? Because oftentimes, we are waging the war at the wrong level. That's why God gave us the armor of God. And so let's talk about the armor. Tools to fight the enemy with. One, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Truth are facts seen through the lens of faith. Why? Because in God and in Jesus alone, we find the objective standard for right and wrong for truth. When we do not anchor facts in something that is immovable, unshakable, then we will get distracted in the middle of the streams of this world. Two people can see the same fact, but what fuels them to view it determines what they see. I'll give you an example that happened last service. So in a few minutes, I'm going to put on this armor. It's heavy. It's real. All the stuff. And so last service, I made a mistake. And this flag uh, was upside down. Okay? So mistake I made. And flag upside down is a sign of distress. That means there's a problem. And so I never had so many people text me, Pastor Greg, than the last service. My phone number like was posted all over the city, apparently, because everyone's texting me. But here was the crazy thing. My friends who knew me, they're like, hey, bro, I'm sure you didn't mean it, but your flag was upside down. I was waiting. Some people said, I was waiting for you to talk about that in the sermon, but you never got there. You probably just want to flip it over. Uh, meanwhile, our online team's getting blown up. Hey, what kind of agenda is that guy pushing? Why? Why? Because two people will see the same fact, but what fuels them determines the decisions they make off of it. Breastplate of righteousness. Oh, I'm preaching today. I wish I was at North Charleston. Breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. What is that? What's righteousness, Joel? Simple definition of righteousness. It's our desires and our decisions that walk in alignment with who God is calling us to be. Because you can do the right thing, decisions, and miss Jesus. That's what happened to the Pharisees. Or you can have the right desires, but you never put them into plan, and then your belief system is just rhetoric and has no effect in your life. But when you align the two, all of a sudden you're walking in the breastplate of righteousness. Why do you need a breastplate? Above all else, guard your heart because everything else flows from it. And when we walk in righteousness, we protect what's most vital in our life. Ooh, that's good. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Feet 
fitted with the readiness that comes through the gospel of peace. Let me ask you this question. Can God move you? Can God move you? Like, I know your problems move you. I know your job can move you. I know relationships can move you. But can God move your feet? My small group leader, I lead a small group. I'm in a men's small group. My small group leader, a few weeks ago, he traveled from Charleston, South Carolina, where we're filming this, all the way out to middle of nowhere in Texas. And he went to a conference, and he got up that morning, and he said, God, would you use me today to be a light? What is he saying? God, can I have feet that are ready to move when you tell me to move? So he goes in this conference, meets this guy he's never seen before, sits next to him. They hit it off, have a conversation. The guy's like, hey, man, where are you from? He's like, uh, I'm from uh, South Carolina. He's like, well, where in South Carolina? Oh, I live in Charleston with my family. Oh, really? In Charleston? Well, where in Charleston? Well, I live on Daniel Island. And he goes, well, where on Daniel Island? <laughs> I would have left because my feet would have been ready to move. <laughs> but my small group leader is bolder than me. And he goes, well, I, I live on Smith Street. The guy goes, Smith Street on Daniel Island? Where on Smith Street? And he goes, 17 Smith Street. And he's like, I own the house on 19 Smith Street. God sent him all the way to Texas to meet his neighbor. <laughs> and guess what? When you realize that every single day you have an opportunity for a divine intersection where you are the light in a dark world, then all of a sudden you stop believing in that crazy word called coincidence. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Why do you need a shield? A shield is an offensively defensive tool. It defends you while you move forward in battle. Your faith isn't just so that you could have good times. Your faith is built for the storms of this life. So even when you can't see it, you have a hope that is anchored in the throne room of heaven that makes you endure it. Weird word that we don't want to hear in 2024, which is resilience. Faith gives us the opportunity to get back up again. Helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Helmet of salvation. Do you know, you don't have to answer this out loud right now. Do you know Jesus as Lord of your life? Or do you just know him as Southern comfort religion? When when I meet people all the time, I talk to people all the time, and when I meet them, I say, hey, tell me about your faith, and oftentimes they'll say, oh, well, you know, my dad was in church, or my mom, like, played the piano, or, um, yeah, we grew up here, and we went there. Guess what? Your faith in Jesus is not where you come from. It's your surrender to walk with Christ for yourself. My seven-year-old daughter, last fall, when she came to Christ, she came to Christ with an angry question. We're eating dinner, and all of a sudden, she looked around the room, she goes, am I a Christian? I was like, baby, have you prayed the prayer to accept Jesus? Have you done this? No. I want to. And then she goes, can I keep eating my chicken first? And she keeps eating her food. <laughs> not lying, that's what happened. But she realized something about faith. Faith 
is an individual decision, not a family one. You have to make a decision to follow Jesus for yourself. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The only offensive tool we have, and that comes from reading God's Word for yourself, becoming a student of God's Word for yourself, joining a small group for yourself, and having people hold you accountable to getting in the Word. You need the Word of God because if you do not have the Word of God, then you're running around the field of battle without anything to fight with. Man, I wonder why I'm, I'm losing the battle. Do you know the Word of God? And so I want to encourage you to armor up. Here's the crazy thing about armor, though. Uh, one, we choose to put on the armor. Like, it's a tool at our disposal, but we choose to put it on or not. Thing about armor is this. Armor isn't comfortable. It's like heavy. It's actually super heavy. This is real armor. Friend of mine, let me borrow it for a few minutes. It's, it's heavy. It isn't always comfortable, but, but it's, it's comforting. Why is it comforting? Because it helps me protect what's most dear to me. And so when we put on the armor, when you, when you live in it, it's like, man, I'm walking slower than others walk. I can't really move like, oh, that hurts. Like, like, it's heavy. Righteousness isn't easy to walk in. The belt of truth is not easy to don every day because it means that you cannot be wise in your own eyes. You have to surrender yourself and, crazy word, submit yourself to a higher power who really has the perspective. And finally, the armor is... Powered by our prayers. The armor is powered by our prayers. If Paul was preaching this sermon today, he would have used uh, the Iron Man suit. Because it's all tethered together and it's powered by a central unit, which is our prayers. That's why we got to pray all the time. And so I wanted to show you a real life scripture of the armor of God at work. Let's look at the life of Joseph. Turn with your Bibles to Genesis chapter uh, 39. I'm going to read this, and in a few weeks, we're going to actually start a series on Joseph, so you get to learn more about him. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, uh, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Maybe, just maybe, the reason why your company is succeeding is because you're just there. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the fields, like a virus, just blessing everything. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. 
When you walk in the favor of God, it's a pathway of promotion. When you don the full armor of God, it's actually also a tool for success because you're winning the war that you're in each and every day, which gave him promotion, which also gave him autonomy. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. The boy was jacked. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Mm. But he refused. With me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in his house, in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Armor of God at work. We see that Joseph, although he was sold into slavery, he never became a slave in his mind and in his heart. We see that because his work ethic was so strong and his fidelity to what he was doing was so high that God kept promoting him, even though that should have been the end of Joseph's story if he didn't have the armor of God on him. And then he gets promoted to a place where he gets autonomy. And when he gets autonomy, no one's watching. Another guy had autonomy in the springtime when kings go out to war. David stayed at home in the palace. And when he stayed at home in the palace, he took his armor off. And when he took his armor off, he went hunting for other things. But we see Joseph, even though he has autonomy and power and strength, he's still on his game. And scripture says, after a while, Potiphar's wife comes to him. Do you see her name in scripture? You see it? You probably missed it. Her name is Potiphar. Potiphar's wife. Potiphar. That was a joke. Potiphar. Potiphar, Potiphar, that was fun. 11.30, you'll get it. They're not saved at all. <laughs> and so the attack came to him after a while. Why? Because that's what the enemy does. Enemy is good with his distractions, with his deceiving. It's after a while. He knew Potiphar. He saw her every day at work, day in, week in, month in, year in. And before you know it, what was inside of her came out, and that's when the attack came. Look how he fought the attack. He had a clear understanding of what was in his hands. He's like, I got everything. I run it all here. You know how the enemy deceives us? By getting us to not understand what is in our hands to lose so we can grab the next thing. When God wants to bless you, he wants your obedience first before he can give you the blessing. And oftentimes you can't see it there. The enemy when he wants to deceive you, kill you, destroy you, he offers you the blessing first, but all the strings attached are hidden fees. And he fought the attack that was external and internal, because she was hot of her, right? By understanding what was in his hands. But then he also said something else to help me understand that his faith was secure. He said, how could I sin against God like that? He didn't even see the attack with what he could see. Potiphar, Potiphar, house. He said it was about the throne room of heaven that he'd be violating. May we become a people 
that are so connected to the heart of God that we understand that we are offending him and him alone when we cross the line. But it's all rooted in that helmet of salvation. It's all rooted in that helmet of salvation. And I just want to ask you this question. Do you know him? Is he, is he Lord of your life? Or just another thing you put on your notch to say, I'm a good moral person. Can he move your feet when he tells you to move? Can he make you move a city, quit a job, say you're sorry? Do you know him? The amazing part about the armor of God, it's, a, it's accessible to everyone. And it starts with a simple prayer of surrender. And so today, I want to give everyone in the room the opportunity to know Jesus for yourself. Know him for yourself. There's better sermons he wants to preach to you. There's, there's insight and wisdom and direction and blessings and freedom from your sin that he wants you to walk in each and every day. Maybe, just maybe, this is the year you win the war you've been fighting your whole life but it starts with doing just one simple thing differently, making him the Lord of your life. Sin separates our hearts from God, but God in his love for us sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live a perfect sinless life, die a sinner's death, and three days later, he conquered death so all of us in this room could be free. If you want freedom found in the name of Jesus, I would love to lead you in a prayer to do that. Campus pastors at all our locations, if you want to come on the stage right now as we offer salvation to our family, because it's a family. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you repeat this prayer after me for the benefit of those who are down your row who are coming to God? Dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that Jesus Christ paid the price for my sins. So today I surrender my sin and receive your love, receive your hope, receive your freedom. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.